You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. You know, that power is the same as the mighty strength that God exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. And now he's over all things. It's important to remember that that's how powerful prayer is. It's quite a cool thing, I think, that a silent, faithful prayer is more successful than you know any big Strength. machinery that yeah. we can create to mm-hmm. move a mountain or to dig a hole to the core of the earth or spaceship that can go to the moon. You know anything that we can engineer doesn't even touch the the power of God. Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. I'm Taylor. We're continuing a series on incorruptible love, and I'm with two friends and special guests. First, we have Lead Pastor Jose Avaro with Good us. Good morning, Taylor. Jose, good morning. Thanks for being here. And we're joined by Student Pastor Tyler Keese. Tyler, thanks for being here. Good morning, guys. Glad to be here. Absolutely. Always a fun time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, Jose, we are on week two of this series going through the book of Ephesians, and we're looking at verses 15 through 23 of the first chapter, talking about incorruptible prayer. So let me get your thoughts as we usually do each week on kind of as you were processing through this passage and kind of even just how you came to the five things that you used to uh, point out to us. So we are on a journey to learn how to have incorruptible love for God. That's how Paul closes the book of Ephesians. And then last week we looked at uh, this very important truth that our identity is in Christ, not because of anything we've done, um, but because of how Jesus has chosen us, adopted us into his family. So that's how Paul starts the letter. And then mm-hmm. he goes into this beautiful pastoral prayer. Uh, and he's asking for these five ingredients um, so that the people in the church in Ephesus can have. And so these five ingredients for an incorruptible prayer really came about as I read through um, these verses and saw how important gratitude is and, and knowing God and having hopeful confidence, heavenly authority, and then ultimately yielding to God. Um, and I think for whatever we may be going through, we may be experiencing a mountaintop right now in our faith or in life, or we can be in a valley. Having incorruptible prayers like this that sound like this and that have these ingredients are crucial, uh, both for ourselves and also as intercessory prayers for others. So we can pray this not only for us, but we can pray this for others, our family members, uh, those in our workplaces and in our community groups. Yeah, no, that's so good. Before we jump into those five, I wrote down just two kind of quotes or kind of notes from your intro, uh, just talking about the value of prayer. One, you mentioned that prayer activates our relationship with God, which is so key there. And then the second is just you you talked about culture, you talked about just every, you know, I think for anyone that's living through life, as far as you mentioned that in order to battle spiritually, yeah. like, there's always these kind of battles, always these things going on. But for us to battle spiritually, we need to know how to pray. And so uh, maybe just would love to hear both of y'all's first thoughts on just the importance of prayer before we dive dive in. Just, um, it's one of those that, you know, as far as, okay, I need to read my Bible. I should yeah. pray more, but, but why, why take a whole week just to focus on prayer and why is it so important? Just even in your walk, just to make sure that you understand kind of what it looks like. Yeah. Right. I, I, I personally, when tension happens, I start pointing fingers. So I either point the finger at myself or, or I'll point the finger at somebody else, um, which sure reconciliation is important, confronting and love and, and doing all of that stuff is, is important. But really scripture is clear. Ephesians 6 talks about this. I think it's uh, 1 Corinthians 10 or 2 Corinthians 10 um, that, you know, this is a spiritual 
reality that we exist in. And so in order to do battle spiritually, we need to know how to be armed spiritually. And primarily this comes through prayer. So prayer is crucial. It's a mystery because it seems like, um, well, it seems very strange. But I think it's also really interesting that when times are tough, even if you aren't a Christian or you don't go to church, our natural response is, hey, I'm praying for you. You know, and so it's almost like we know in our, you know, in the deepest parts of our hearts as humans that yeah. prayer is powerful, but that unfortunately only comes out during hard times. Right. Yeah, for sure. And and for me, and what I feel like with these five points that we'll talk through that, that really tied in on a personal level for me is um, my sophomore year of college. I had a mentor um, pull me in. I was just getting into like the beginning of um, digging into the potential of, you know, vocational full-time student ministry, that sort of thing. And my parents had divorced. And um, for me, it's, it's the fact that like prayer has to be honest. Mm. And that was groundbreaking for me, for a mentor to sit me down and to tell me, like, <clears throat> just be honest with God. Mm -hmm. He already knows the thoughts in your head the hairs on your head, your words before you say them, why not be honest? And so in that prayer life, like that was so freeing for me because I always viewed prayer as like this stoic thing and then constantly felt this internal war and battle of like when I would pray when I needed something or when someone was hurting, like it right. was always just this asking aspect, but being freed in that moment to just be honest in that times my prayer has been, God, I know that you're good. I know that you love me, but I don't feel that right now. And I need that refresher and I need that reminder. And so for me, that that was my biggest takeaway wrapped up in all this yesterday is, is with that incorruptible side of it. To be incorruptible, you just have to be honest. And there's freedom in being honest, even verbally out loud with God. He already knows, but freeing ourselves of not feeling like we are trying to hide something from God mm -hmm. is, is groundbreaking, so... Yeah, no, that's that's so good. Let's jump into these five points that both of y'all mentioned here. And the first one here is praying with gratitude. And uh, Jose, I liked how you mentioned just kind of that study that showed just that anxiety and gratitude can't coexist in the mind at the same time. And just how it's neat whenever scientific studies that they've been developing for years end up confirming something that <laughs> the Bible has written about uh, for yeah. hundreds or thousands of years. But uh, I think beyond just simply saying, how does what does it look like to pray with gratitude? I think uh, I would love to hear both of y'all's kind of thoughts on on why is it hard to show gratitude <laughs> or have gratitude sometimes? Because it's again one of those simple concepts. Like, yeah, I, I want more of that, but there's times, at least in my yeah. own life, where I'm I'm not very grateful. And so, wow. what what does it look like for y'all to to kind of uh, keep that at the forefront? That's a good question. I think a lot of that Taylor has to do with how we see God. If we see God as this genie that works for us, and if we see God as you know only when times are tough. And, yeah. you know, we see prayer as petition. So just asking of God. And I think it's easy to, uh, or I think it's really hard to be, to be grateful. And it's really easy to be ungrateful. But when we see God for who he is, the Lord of Lords, the creator, the God of the Bible, uh, the, the almighty, the one that sent his only son to go on a rescue mission to save us. You know, when you, when you have that picture of mm -hmm. God and you read of people's grumblings through, uh, the Bible and, and the, the propensity that we have to rebel despite God's faithfulness. That's what helps me be grateful that he still loves me, that he pursues me, um, that there's nothing that I can do to distance myself because his 
perfect love has cast out my fear and has paid for my sins in full. So I think the way we view God is crucial to how easy or hard it is for us to be grateful with him. Yeah, I would agree. And then also too, um, just like this this disconnect or, or comparison to um, like the emotional side of what happiness is versus joy and gratitude. Like to be grateful doesn't mean that we necessarily have to be happy in That's that good. moment. Yeah, and so feel. like, yeah. right. And so like for me, you know, I, I can get entangled in my flesh and in my mind and, and comparing myself to other men my age and either stuff that they have or experiences mm-hmm. that they're getting and, you know, know, they're making more money than I am and, and all, all of those sorts of things. And so like, instead of faking my, my happiness and that I'm thrilled with my current situation or whatever struggle that may be, fixating my heart on genuinely what a biblical definition of, of joy and gratitude is, helps me and helps me continue to be real in that connecting point with, with God and not to fake happiness when there's not happiness, but also to invite the spirit in to like convict and correct me because my unhappiness a lot of time is like self-centered in mm. first world problems, you know, yeah. which are very real at times and are real for other people. But it's, it's just that, that reminder for me. That's yeah, good, that's so good. If I were to add anything too, I think this uh, kind of even taps into the the fifth point that we'll, we'll get to in a second about yielding. And then even what we talked about last week, but I think about for me, the times that like just naturally, I'm not going to give somebody credit for something I didn't think they did. And so I think that just even recognizing how my pride can um, just kind of prevent me from seeing and being aware of how God is working and how much I want to be grateful for him because he's the provider and he's given me everything. And so I think just even, uh, even just the humility required to have gratitude and just acknowledging the things that I didn't deserve or the things that I didn't earn, uh, I think is so key too, because I think if I'm in that mindset where I've all the good things I have, I earned them or I worked for them, then the only person that I think deserves thanks is me and that's not going to get anywhere. Right. So I think that's where having that, that uh, healthy perspective is, is key, is key when we pray here. So the second point here is pray to know God. And part of what Paul's writing when he writes this is just seeking and, and wants the spirit of wisdom and revelation for the body of in Ephesus so that they can grow and uh, spirit of wisdom and revelation. And this idea of knowing God may seem, seem a little, a little churchy words and maybe intimidating for some. So what does it look like just practice? practically to, to know God. When we say that uh, we want to pray to know God, what, what does that actually look yeah. like in a, in a day-to-day context? Yeah, so Proverbs teaches us that the beginning of uh, wisdom is this fear of the Lord. So again, seeing him not as a genie, uh, not as a servant, but as the Almighty, as the one true God. And when we focus on the fact that he wants to know us, that's humbling. And that reveals a lot of stuff about who he is. Um, We read in God's word who he is. So this is revelation based on what God's word teaches us about God's nature, his characteristics, and our relationship with him, what makes us different. Um, And so the bottom line, he wants to know us. He wants a relationship with us. You, you know, said honest, be honest, Tyler. And I think that's right on because mm-hmm. if we're not honest, then, you know, he knows everything anyways. So it's not like he needs to hear from us. Mm-hmm. He wants to hear from us. Yeah. And yeah. That, that's, that's it's game changing. Mm-hmm. And that's how awesome he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what is really hard to wrap your mind around when you, you know, look at God maybe from a scientific perspective or or rational. It's like his nature is unfathomable because he's just so good and kind and generous and at the same time, holy 
and perfect mm-hmm. and truly awesome. Mm-hmm. So that dynamic is, is um, yeah, amazing. He wants mm-hmm. to know us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, too, with that, I think comes this heart of submission. If you want to pray to know God, you have to have a heart to, to submit to him. And, and really that's foundational even in the Lord's prayer. You know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, mm-hmm. your will be done. So like, what is his kingdom? What is his will? And the only way that we find that out is through through prayer, praying honestly, through digging into scripture. You know, right now in my season of life, um, where I have felt led to start this year is diving into knowing more of who God is as father, as mm-hmm. protector. Because the more I uncover everything that's wrapped up in that, the better father I am for my boys. Mm-hmm. And also the more critical I can be, to be you know, to be honest, is is Every time I snap at my kids or, or I parent harshly or I go over the top on something that I shouldn't, like it's just that reminder of desperately wanting so bad to be a reflection of God as Father to my boys, but also leaning on that grace. And so if we're going to pray to know God, like it's just that, that heart of submission of, okay, your will, your way, your kingdom, how do I do that? Mm-hmm. And how do I do that in my family? How do I do that in my community group? How do I do that in the different circles of reach that, that God has blessed us as individuals with? So Yeah, that's that's so good. Both of y'all's thoughts on that. Uh, the third point here is pray for hopeful confidence. And uh, you don't have to be around this world very long to know that there are a lot of things that can try to uh, distill, the, you know, just either discomfort or distrust in God as far as the opposite of hopeful confidence, basically just anxiety or just anything else. And so um, I want to ask y'all not only just the power of praying for this and even just how despite tough times or even just tough weekends, like even just this past weekend, just there's tough things that happen around us. How do you maintain or kind of strive for that hopeful confidence? And then second part of that would just be what what power is it in praying this prayer for others? Because Paul was praying this prayer for yeah. the church in Ephesus. So what's the significance of even just praying this for other people too? I'll start with question two, but what was question one again? <laughs> uh, question one was more just what does this look like as far as how do you yeah. maintain a hopeful confidence despite mm. uh, just kind of the, the yeah. surroundings and the circumstances that we can yeah, be so in? Yeah, so I'm looking at the, the words um, in the Bible here, verse 18 of Ephesians 1, praying that our hearts would be enlightened in order that we may know the hope, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power. So again, he's, he's exalting, he's exalting God. And I think in our times that gives us hope. Uh, again, when we look up versus look down at our circumstance or uh, look, uh, you know, sideways and when we get lost in the comparison trap and, and we think, man, there isn't a lot of hope, you know, I don't mm-hmm. feel very confident. Uh, but when we look up, God gives us that, that hope and that confidence to know that, you know, when we follow Jesus, we are denying ourselves, we're picking up our cross, we're following him, and our lives are gonna look different. And also our purpose looks different. So we're in this to seek out uh, other people to come to know Jesus, to uh, heal marriages and relationships and having all of these life transformation um, circumstances occur in our lives. We wanna see redemption happen. And so personally, um, yeah, when I pray, when I look up, that that's that's what I want to receive from God. And then for others, this really is a great tool 
to pray for others, you know, for those that don't yet know Mm -hmm. the incomparably great power of God or the inheritance that they can have. I think about success-minded people and how they just want to, you know, make more and more and more and more and more. There will never be enough when we're lost in that race. But in Jesus, we already have a glorious inheritance, and that actually compels us to be excellent. You know, that that doesn't mean, hey, just, you know, be lazy and don't do any. No, no, no. For the glory of God now, do all things as if you were doing them for Jesus. So because we have that inheritance, we act. So uh, this is a great prayer to pray for for other people. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I I know for question two, as far as praying for other people, for me, um, this aspect of it is easier to do with people that like you personally know, right? So old college roommates of mine, friends, you know, I'll celebrate successes, you know, whether that's a raise or men like they're, you know, just crushing it, you know, in life and that sort of thing. When I look at them, it's like, part of the compare game is you can get jealous, but like when you really celebrate with them and honor them and, and do those sorts of things, God is in that. But then also like I, I tend to try to be intentional to like looking further into their spirit, into their heart and, and praying a prayer like God, like, man, praise you in this, keep them close to you. Like don't let their confidence be clouded in themselves that could, you know, lead to, destruction of family lead to fall of them as mm-hmm. an individual, but like God praise you that you're blessing them, praise you of what, you know, what you've gifted them in. But then also at the same time, may they be reminded that like you are the provider mm-hmm. you are in this. So it's in you that their confidence needs to be not just mm-hmm. their work ethic or where they find their feet mm-hmm. landing. And then on a personal level, it's, I mean, it, it's a similar thing, you know, it's, it can be easy to be, um, confident in yourself, especially with our culture and our world. It's like, man, I'm the man. Like, I'm really not, you know, um, because I look at when I fall short as a husband or a father or a pastor, like it's it's not me and my confidence has to be set in Jesus and that Jesus is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. He is Alpha and Omega. And so with all of that, it's just the subtle reminder of here's my Ebenezer. You know, mm-hmm. look at what God has done. Look at how God carried um, my family through divorce. Look at how um, God carried my family through other brokenness and, and strained relationships with different sins and things like that. Look at how God saved my my marriage and, and different things like that. So for me, it's just that reminder of of a setting yourself a reminder of what God has done for what He will continue to do. And then it was never me to begin with. Good so. man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's that's so good. I think if I tag on anything else, uh, Jose, you mentioned just Hebrews 11, 1, and just the idea of defining faith and just this idea of assurance of things we don't see. And that whole chapter uh, later goes on to talk about just the ways in which God worked throughout the Old Testament and just seeing, just kind of uh, writing down and declaring kind of all the ways that God was faithful and God kept his word. And I think just personally for me, that can also help me in times where I, I don't, don't feel a lot of confidence that I'm praying for it. And then I can look back and go, okay, the same God that brought me to this exact moment, the same God that was through my whole life so far, like he, he's not on retirement, he's not on vacation, like he's right. the same God that's gonna stay with me. And I think that that, just in the same way that biblically here, they the people reminded themselves of the way God works so that they could encourage each other to keep uh, pressing forward. So I think that's just a, 
a part I would add um, for that piece there. But we got we got two more. Uh, number four here is pray with heavenly authority. Jose, you mentioned there is just this idea of even just the power of resurrection and how that is in us and that there really is no other powerful force that exists other than that. And yet um, all that to say that we can pray powerfully and we can pray boldly. And so I'd love to just kind of hear y'all's thoughts on the significance of that because we can pray with gratitude. We can pray to know God. We can pray for hopeful confidence, but but what's lacking when, when we don't pray these kind of bold, powerful prayers uh, and just lack that heavenly authority. There's nothing that's impossible for God, period. So if he raised Jesus from the dead, he can do anything. And that's the confidence that we have and the boldness that we can enter into prayer with, knowing that God created all things and he is in control. And so I think of miracles and uh, that I've witnessed in my life um, relationally where you know, folks have been reconciled. I think about uh, physical healing that I've received miraculously because of prayer and uh, physical healing that other people have received because of prayer that I've been a part of. And, you know, the question is, am I willing to, to be bold enough to pray for those things? And Paul here is reminding us that, you know, that power is the same as the mighty strength that God exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. And now he's over all things. So... Mm-hmm it's important to remember that that's how powerful prayer is. It's quite a cool thing, I think, that a silent, faithful prayer is more successful than, mm-hmm. you know, any big Strength. machinery that yeah. we can create to mm-hmm. move a mountain or to dig a hole to the core of the earth or spaceship that can go to the moon. You know, anything that we can engineer doesn't even touch the the power of God. Uh, this last point is really important to tag on to that. It's yeah. his will, not ours, but yeah. we'll get we'll No, get we, can, <laughs> we can jump into that too. Just tag on both here, this pray and yield. And just like, again, you, you tagged them together in your message, Jose, just the idea that we're believing in miracles, praying for healing, and yet at the same time, praying the way that Jesus prayed, even in the Garden of Gethsemane, where he's like, your will be done, not mine. Yeah. And just the importance of, of yielding. Right. Yeah, so he's not a genie, right? It, it, it's not pray. Uh, and then God will do whatever you want him to do. No, pray according to his will and, and pray for healing, pray for the miracle and, and then fully yield and trust God that he will, he will, uh, his kingdom will come and his will will be done here on earth mm-hmm. as it is in heaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, in the heart of honesty, kind of where we kick things off is, mm-hmm. is this praying with heavenly authority is like the hardest thing for me personally in all of this. And um, with kind of like my denominational raising and background is it was kind of embedded in me um, that like my, the success of my prayer, so to speak, is hinged on my performance and my faith or Mm -hmm. like, man, I got a speeding ticket this week or I got a flat tire this week. Well, it's because of that cuss word I said two days ago or because of that other sin choice that I made. And so like the praying with heavenly authority has been like a struggle point for me because in that moment as i like my spirit yearns for that like my flesh holds me back because it's like okay i'm praying this in jesus name and then it's the enemy creeps in and it's like well who are you to pray for it in his name who are you to command that because of what you did not even 30 minutes ago or what you know the way that you've treated your wife for the last week or or you know the way that you've parented your kids and so that's hard for me, man. And it's hard for me dealing with students um, because the question always comes up. Well, like if we pray in Jesus name, man, that my grandpa be healed of cancer 
and that God restore his body in our mind, in our minds, it's like, man, we're praying in Jesus name for him to still be here. But if it doesn't work out that way, yeah. man, the questions and yeah. the doubts and the way that the enemy attacks. So that's a really hard one for me to talk through. Yeah. Um, and, and it's hard for me to wrestle with. And, and I believe that, that God is almighty. I, I agree. My spirit agrees. If he can raise Christ Jesus from the dead, he can do anything. But there's so much doubt in my flesh and in my mind from multiple things that makes that the hardest aspect of prayer is to really pray with that belief and that heavenly authority because the times that I have, like there's been times where I feel like I set myself up for disappointment because when I prayed with that authority and I was like, okay, why would God's will not be to, Mm -hmm. you know, heal my grandpa or, mm-hmm. or whoever, and then it doesn't happen. Like there's just there's doubt and there's disappointment and there's hurt. But in that, the last point of of yielding, like ultimately, okay, what is God's plan? Mm-hmm. Well, God's plan is that people know Him, that Jesus is magnified, that relationships are reconciled, that we are reconciled to Him, and so mm-hmm. in that pain and mourning and loss is, is part of that process. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, not not to be like to bring this all down, but like that's that's a hard one for man, me. I'm man. so glad I'm so glad that you brought that up because it's an important tension to uh, practice uh, and and be aware of, right? Why why don't we pray boldly? Well, because we don't want to be disappointed. We don't want to lead somebody else into that disappointment and to doubt. I'm trying to uh, find the verse that says you have not because we ask not. Um, let me see here. I'm looking it up. It's in the book of James in chapter four, what causes fights and quarrels. Um, anyway, bottom line is, man, that's why yielding is so important. And I feel like that's Mm -hmm. been the missing ingredient in a lot of our upbringing sometimes is we think that, well, because we asked God will come through where all, all, we don't lose anything by believing that God can do something. Mm-hmm. You know, if if he if it doesn't come true, then praise God because that was His will. So we can rest knowing that God's will was done, not ours. And that's the hard part. Jesus prayed it, not my will, but your you know, but yours be done. So He didn't want to go through the cross, mm-hmm. but thank God that He did. That's why we're here talking about Him. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's the that's that's a really important thing to to struggle through and 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 talk about and ultimately. Give all the praise to God. And you you mentioned submission earlier. That's what we do. We submit our prayers to God and, mm-hmm. and then say, Lord, have, have your way. So in the case of prayers for healing, when someone passes away, something that we don't talk about a lot often is they were healed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that is healing um, when, when, when they pass away and they know the Lord. Um, they have received full healing. And if they haven't know if they don't know the Lord, that can be really complicated, but we can still trust God that he is a rightful judge mm-hmm. and we are not the judge. So we can't dictate, you know, where that person is or anything. This is hard stuff to talk about, but it's important. We are not the judge. Only he is. Mm-hmm. So we can also release them to God and trust in his goodness and and say, "Lord, you knew that person, you knew their heart." And and that I hope gives us hope as we mourn and comfort and peace and and all of those things. So that just um, 
you know, came out. But thanks for being honest, man. And yeah. For for sharing sharing. Yeah. That. No, that's that's so good. I appreciate both of y'all's insights throughout these five points. And Jose, I'd love to give you the final word as we think about uh just again, we're talking about prayer and won't be the last time we, we focus on this, but just what is what is the significance of seeing this? What is the significance of seeing this uh even through the lens of Ephesians as far as how we're setting up for the rest of the book and and what we can look forward to ahead? Yeah, there's a lot. Uh first three chapters focus on God and the last three chapters focus on our love for people, so the church. And so we'll talk about marriage, we'll talk about the workplace, we'll talk about parenting, we'll talk about spiritual warfare again. Um, and then next week, as we enter into chapter two, we'll, we'll talk about our testimony and the importance of uh, acknowledging what God has done in our lives. So looking, you know, just at last week, we saw the importance of God's word when we focus on it. it tells us that he chose us. He first loved us, not vice versa. And then this week, we're talking about God's uh, incor- or ways that we can pray to God incorruptibly. So I think it's setting us up to really build up faith that loves God incorruptibly. Excited to keep on going. All right. Hey, thanks everybody for listening to the Conversations podcast. If you have any questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, you can email us conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Thanks for being here again, everybody. It was awesome. That's it for this version of the podcast. We will see you guys next time. Bye.